Amber, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Truly Mango Lemonade. That sounds delicious. Yeah, and it's not even a concoction. This is how I bought it. <laughs> That's really impressive. You know, I know you'd be proud of me for that. I know. I am. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Amanda? I'm <laughs> drinking one of my old standbys. I've got cucumber, lime, vodka, and ginger beer. Cucumber, vodka? Cucumber, oh, it's vodka. Delicious. It's and ginger re- beer. Mm-hmm. So it's a cucumber mule. Yeah. Word. Refreshing. I bet some jalapenos would be good in it. We got some uh, copper mugs like you, you know what I'm saying? I acquired one from a bar in Vegas. So you stole one? No. No, I would never steal. I acquired it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Joey Cook. Hi, guys. He served in the United States Marine Corps from 1987 to 2007 and was a helicopter crew chief on a CH-53. A big boy. I I have flown in one of those, actually. What? Yep. How are you doing today, Joey? Oh, man. I, you know, I can't complain except for the fact that I'm late to this podcast, you know, but now I've, right now, life is golden right now. Good. So. Good. What are you, what are you drinking with us today? Um, well, I'm kind of two fisting it. I got, I got my wife, uh, kind of shared some, uh, I think it was like a pepperonio red wine that she got, you know, from one of her wineries and no lot. You know, it's, it's kind of weak. <laughs> it is what it is. Beer and wine. I don't, think we've ever had a, I don't think we've ever had anyone double fisting on our podcast. No, he's definitely the first. Hey, man, I aim to be different. <laughs> yes, I guess when you're in the Marine Corps, you go hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joey, where are you from? And can you tell us a little bit about how your story started? Well, uh, I'm from I'm from the Dallas Fort Worth area. I was born in Dallas. My dad was kind of a, a salesman, and we kind of lived all over the state of Texas. But basically, when I was 12, we like went to Euless, you know, right by the airport, um, and stayed there. So I like to tell people that I grew up in Euless because that's where we kind of finally put down roots after moving like constantly. And so, so do you Euless say Euless or do you say Tri Cities? Neither. I actually say I'm from South Useless because oh. I'm, I'm from South Useless, Texas. Believe me, so I don't say either. Um, I, I would say Euless over Tri Cities, or I mean, I guess some people would say AGB, but nah. I just, I just said people from Euless are very proud people. I, I mean, we are. I think Even the everyone, white guys, the one, the ones that are not Tongan, believe me. So um, I think that, everyone that, from that Texas is, is kind of a proud person. Yeah. So, why did you decide to join the Marine Corps, and why did you decide to be a crew chief? Well, a i I went to go join the Air Force. Okay, it is a true story. I know, I know, I know. True story. I went to go join the Air Force, and at that time, there is the recruiting office was in Hearst, and the Air Force and the Marine Corps offices were right next door to each other, and so. I parked my car and I walked up to the Air Force recruiting office because I wanted to be a cartographer, like a map maker, 
you know, in, in the Air Force, because I love maps. And he had a post-it note, literally a post-it note on the door, the recruiter did, and it said, out to lunch, be back at 2 p.m., okay? And I look at my watch, and it was uh, 10, 10, a 10, 10 a.m. I kid you not. It was, it was 10, 10 a.m. I'm like, you know, me being the naive 16-year-old kid, you know, I was almost 17. You know, I was about to be 17. I go, well, I'll just come back at two. So I'm like walking back to my car and I hear this, hey, hey, you, hey, you. And I turn around and it was Staff Sergeant Domingo. And like, were you thinking about joining the Air Force? I'm like, yeah, but he's out the lunch. I'll come back. Hey, come here. And he sat me down and started talking to me. And then he put his dress blues blouse on me and stood me in front of the mirror. He said, in a couple of years, this could be you. I'm like, shit, where do I sign? <laughs> here's some four-hour four-hour lunches from the Air Force that got yeah. you in the Marine Corps. Well, the, recru the recruiter, the Air Force recruiter, was showing up as I was leaving after taking the pre-ASVAB. I mean, it was all a done deal. So, yeah. So uh, now my job—that was a different story. I wanted to go to college, and I was actually—I went reserves first. I became a cook in the reserves. My last name's Cook, and. College didn't work out like I knew within a month and I had dropped out. And so it took me two years to for them for a bill to open up for a Marine to go from reserves to active duty. And finally that came up and that was the only that was the only job that was available. So I just took what I could get. Uh, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I was blessed that I could go aviation. But man, yeah, it was a hard road getting there. So my brother, um, actually, he tried to go to college, and um, I haven't talked about my brother on the show at all, actually. My brother actually tried to go to college, failed miserably. I think he went semester, maybe a half a semester, and um, decided to go Army. And so he joined the Army as a reservist and went to boot camp and went to his school did they send him to I don't know if they sent him to school after boot camp they had to have so he was a construction man they sent him to school and he came home and he's like I want to be active duty yeah and and so it was like that he 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 uh, there wasn't way, there wasn't way he went from reservist straight to active duty man. And then, um yeah yeah it took me two years two years you know well I'll let y'all ask the questions so, yeah, I was so you did the cook, ordinance. you got to go active duty. Yeah, and, and I was an aviation ordinance man, but in the helicopter world, um, because I, I learned to be an aviation ordinance man on Harriers, but the CH-53 A's and D's didn't have but 50 caliber machine guns and Chapman flare buckets. So they're like, hey, you want to go to flight school, become a crew chief, you get flight pay, and you can shoot a gun all day long and fly every day. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up, man. So, <laughs> I mean, I locked out. So that's cool. So, what um, duty stations did you go to, and what was your favorite? Ah, uh, man. Um, let's see. Um, I went to boot camp at MCR San Diego. That counts. My I've been to uh, Camp Lejeune, Naval Air Station Millington, Tennessee, or Memphis, Tennessee, however you want to call it. Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, North Carolina. Uh, Naval Air Station, Pensacola, Florida. Um, my main base in the States was um, 
Marine Corps Air Station, Tussing, California, which was a part of El Toro. Uh, like they were like eight miles apart, big old blimp hangars. If you ever saw the movie um, Pearl Harbor, you have seen those hangars. Um, uh, Marine Corps Air Station, Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii, and Marine Corps Air Station, Fatima, Japan, Okinawa. And <laughs> go to Japan. Oh, so bad. <laughs> oh, it sucked. I, I did not like it. Um, but you know, I did deployments from um, Okinawa to. Um, Pohang, South Korea, with the um, Operation Team Spirit with the Korean Marines. To the infamous Alangapo, okay, <laughs> Civic Bay, uh, Philippines, right? Manda. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, I did uh, three tours in Iraq, which uh, sucked in the end of my career. So which one was your favorite? Man, I love Tustin. I was Rustin and Tustin. And Tustin, unfortunately, under Bill Clinton, he put it on the closure list. And uh El Toro, and they died a slow death, and they were closed permanently in 1996, on my birthday in 1996. Wow. That was a sad, sad damn day, let me tell you. And then my squadron kind of bounced around from, like, there to 29 Palms, California, which I'm not even going to get into that place below. You don't have to. We, um, we could completely overlook that place. Yeah, not that one. It, the, the stumps blows and then and then it went to Miramar, but these were like very temporary uh, duty assignments, and then and then it permanently went to uh, Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii, and then it, it, it's still in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. It became the very first ever V twenty two Osprey squadron in the Marine Corps in the in, in the military. Yeah, those um, Ospreys are really cool. Yes, they are. Yeah, they had, a lot of pro- they had a lot of problems in the beginning. They but. did, but it, I think they got most of them worked out now. Like they're. Yeah, I can only hope so, man. We had a lot of help. <laughs> I mean, I'm living proof, man. I'm, I've been in three helicopter crashes, so who you kidding? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's an unnatural act. They still can't prove uh, why helicopters fly. Aerodynamically, they're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And the fact and that the nobody knows why. Can, like, can, like, do both, it's pretty wild. Yeah, but they're yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's a cool airship for sure. Mm-hmm. So being stationed on both the East Coast, the West Coast, which coast did you prefer? Oh, that's the million dollar question. This man, is- you know, that's a tough one because you see, oh man, that's hard to explain because see, when I was on the West Coast, I spent more time on deployments overseas than I actually spent at home in California. But when I was in California, I loved it. So I honestly got to say probably, and I was only there a brief time, about six months, but the best six months of my time in the Marine Corps was at uh, every point. The, uh, uh, the, the, the beaches uh, on North Carolina are some of the most phenomenal. Uh, yes, they week. are. I lived in Wilmington. Can you, I lived yeah. in really count, can you really yeah. count South Carolina as the East Coast, though? I'm sorry? I said, can you really count South Carolina as an East Coast duty station? Well, I was in the North. I was in North Carolina, so yeah, I'm counting North, oh, North Carolina. Carolina. I don't know what you're talking about, Amanda. How would you not put South Carolina in <laughs> the that, East Coast? It's, it's, like, it's that's, on the right that's more like South, it's on the Southeast. Southeast. No, it's still, it's all on the East Coast. <laughs> now, Savannah, Georgia, no, you cannot count. Miami, Florida, no, you cannot count. But South Carolina, and North Carolina, yes, that's the East Coast. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love I loved North Carolina. They they uh, have beautiful beaches. Yeah, well, Myrtle really Beach do. up, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Man. 
Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to take time. me there one day because I haven't been to the beaches of yes, the Carolinas. But, but you see, it, it, it's a toss-up because, you know, I was stationed. It, Tustin was only a 15-minute drive from Newport Beach, okay? Ooh. So when I was at Tustin, boom, we're at the beach, and there was the Goat Hill Tavern. Um, they had, like, even back then, man, there was, like, 100 different beers on tap on the wall and peanut shells on the floor, and it was just. I mean, I, I had an incredible time, except in 29 Palms, California, and Okinawa, Japan. I mean, but I mean, you ask me East Coast, West Coast—that's yeah, hard. I, I mean, I like them both. So you should—it's a draw. Cheers, good yeah. draw. Yeah. Thank we'll, you. Good we'll draw. That's my long-winded way of saying I love them both. Yes. That's yes. fine. It's, that's not one plus one for the East Coast. Then. Okay. That's all right. right. All right. They yes, cancel each other out. That. So the West Coast is still the best coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, have you, when you were in Pensacola, did you ever go to Florabama? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the Florabama. The Florabama. <laughs> Pensacola is nothing more than South Alabama, anyhow. It's I mean, so it's, much fun. It, it was redneck haven, but but I had a good time there. But I was glad to get in and get out. I, <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to care, forever. I didn't care for Pensacola too terribly. Uh, we did almost like no we did do all because they moved so air traffic control school used to be in millington tennessee like where you went to school and then they moved it all before amber and i got there they had moved it all to pensacola so we did all of our training out of pensacola so we would like leave and go to a duty station and then go back to pensacola and then leave and then go back to pensacola and then leave and go to the boat Uh, and then go to team trainer in pensacola like so we uh, we spent a lot of time not remembering nights in Pensacola. Amanda, yeah. I did not do any of those things. Oh, okay, so that's I what to, I did. <laughs> I went to A school in Pensacola, and then I went to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I did A. Uh, sounds like my buddies that went to A school in uh, Meridian, Tennessee, or uh, Meridian, Mississippi. Yeah. I don't remember much because that place is like in the middle of freaking Redneckville, like nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> I have yeah. driven. There's so I much fun though. Driven through. I have driven through Meridian, Mississippi, and there's yeah, literally- you on Interstate 20. I mean- Yep, yep, when I moved to Texas. It's right I, on the Alabama, right Alabama, Mississippi state line. Yep. I mean, right up there, but a damn Mississippi Nothing. state penitentiary in the base. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, um, when I was able to get orders from my first duty station orders, I could, we they let us pick. And it was either Pensacola, the Reagan, or Meridian, Mississippi. And I was like, well, I've been in Pensacola. I'll go on a boat. Uh, yeah. Send me yeah. send me away. I'm not going to Meridian, Mississippi. Yeah. You're lucky you got a boat coming out of Pensacola. Like, that was hard for a lady to do. I mean, when you're uh, top in the class and you get to pick first. So, well, like, before, before I went to Tustin, I, uh, I, I was with a training squadron out of Cherry Point. VMAT 203 was a training squadron where I went to my Fram school. And first I went on a nine-month world cruise on the USS Wasp out of Norfolk, Virginia. And that was, man, I was, oh no, it was, it was freaking great, man. That was the best nine months of my whole service. You were on the Wasp. That's a that made me that made me wish that I if I had it all to do over again, I would join the Navy. Mm-hmm. The so the Wasp was an LHA, right? The wasp was an no, LHA. It was just a, it was just a, yeah, well, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was on the Tarawa 
out of the West Coast. So that that was an LHA as well. Well, Tarawa was the same class. Yeah. 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 The yeah. best time of my life was when I was on the Tarawa. Like I had so much fun. Right, man. The wash yeah. was off. I I dug it. Yeah. Food was good in the Navy. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. And if, even if it wasn't, oh, there are ways to make it better. Yeah, sure. There's always a way to improve it. Yeah. And you always know when you've been out at sea too long, man, when that when that lettuce started getting brown. Yeah. I I like to tell people like you knew that you had been to sea for too long when you put the rehydrated milk into your cereal and you kind of had to let the bugs float to the top and scrape them off before you ate your cereal. Oh man, that, the bugs are just protein. Yeah. Just I mean, added protein, man. I'm sure we didn't get them all, but but it was either that or like not eat. So we we floated the bugs. And, and trust me, I don't know what y'all were getting, but you were eating yeah. good. We ate good. And when we ate really good, we knew we were getting extended. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, we got to let y'all know something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when, when you go through the mess line and like the CO and XO are serving you surf and turf, like <laughs> the, next, yeah. the next announcement is that you're getting extended. <laughs> yeah. Where's it? Where did the lobster come from, man? Right. <laughs> y'all shit this? Yeah, great. They called it surf and turf one time, and I it was not beef. I, it was camel. I don't know what it was, but there was no way that was beef. Like, well, if you were in the Persian Gulf, it was probably I don't know camel or something. Yeah, we were in the Persian Gulf, so it, yeah, who yeah. knows what it was? Yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, it was pretty but gross it was, shit. It wasn't beef. We ate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're hungry. <laughs> but it was, there was no way that was beef. I, I, I just looked at the CEO and I said, "What? No bacon wrapped scallops? What's up?" <laughs> I guess we're only getting extended one month instead of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so Joey, you yes. were in the military for 20 years, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I know for a fact that you have a great sea story to tell us. <laughs> yeah. He just Y'all laughs. Wanna <laughs> Y'all want to hear it? We used to play games. Well, we used to play games in the Marine Corps and stuff. This is Okinawa. Um, I'll tell you a sea story about the duty station that I hated the most because we got bored and we had nothing better to do except stupid shit. Okay. So uh, me and my buddies, uh, it was about, I don't know, me and five other dudes, like, so total six guys. Every Friday night, had to be Friday night, you know, be sober. We put $10 in the pot and someone, you know, we would take turns and someone had to come up with uh, the cheesiest pickup line that everybody had to use. And so we go to the E-Club and uh, goes, okay, you got to use, you know, we, we picked a girl for that guy. You know, we take turns, you know, it's like, you go use this line on this girl, you go use this line. So if you could like hook up with her and bring her panties back the next day, you won the pot. Okay. It's such um, a Marine Corps thing to do. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. And so, um, it's kind of like the Marine Corps version of what's that show on TV where they have to like they have the the earphone in their ear and then their friends tell them what they have to do. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, uh, Impractical Jokers. Yes, it's kind of like the Marine Corps version of Impractical Jokers. Yeah, yeah. So, I got up to like, man, it was like it was over five hundred dollars. I remember it was probably closer to six hundred. It was a lot of money back then, you know. And that's so, a lot of money right now. What are you talking about? Well, I'll so, take five hundred bucks today. So, so the best pickup line they they could come up with was, you know, 
and then the one we all had to use was everyone it was my turn to pick the line i'm like i don't know man how about you know we pick the line hey you know you want to drink some beer and fuck to see if that works and this was before google right so you had to come up with this on your own oh yeah Oh yeah, I mean, the internet. No, this is back, man. This is 1989, man. Who you <laughs> And and so, uh, so yeah, you know, we picked the girls, and you know, and all the guys strike out. And so they 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 picked this really nice looking uh, female that ended up being a, I don't know, I think she was like an Air Force nurse or something. Yeah, because oh, Air Force girls, we've heard about them. Yeah, we, we were at Kadena Air Base, and so. Yeah, they picked her and said, you, you got that's that's the one we picked. And I go, okay. So I went in and I'm, I'm like, you know, that ain't gonna work. I'm fucked. And I you know, tap her on the shoulder. She's sitting at the bar. She turns around. She goes, yes. And I'm like, excuse me, but you like to drink some beer and fuck? And out of nowhere, her right hand, I mean, she like slapped the living piss out of me. And I, I fell down. My beer went rolling halfway across the bar on the floor. I'm sitting there. I'm like rubbing my jaw. And I kind of sit up. I'm like, damn, woman. I go, what, what, what's wrong with you? You don't like beer? And then started laughing. You know, that's the funniest thing I ever heard. And there you go. So did you win the pot? 600 bucks. <laughs> hey, yeah. cheers to cheers, cheers to want to have a beer and fuck. <laughs> I love cheers it. to Air Force girl. Yeah, but I, I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, and it kind of escapes me right now. I'm trying to think of some of the other stupid lines we had to use to get up to six hundred bucks. You know, it's like, it's like you know, do you spray your jeans with Windex? No, why? Because I can see myself in your pants. You know, it's stupid stuff like that. I mean, it was just. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It, was just, it sounds it was like just you guys such, had a great time over there. It was just such cheap. No, I mean, I, I was glad to get home, believe me. It was, you know, was, California was much easier than having to come up with that crap. So, <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> Good times on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, I, you know, I, I saw a lot of stuff overseas if you want to talk really. Now, during that same deployment, we uh, we had a mishap. There was a lot of fog when we were on Team Spirit in uh, Korea. And uh, one of our helicopters plowed into the mountain and killed 19 Marines. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a dangerous job, too. So, we, so the people that will be listening to this eventually, um, you know, we would have to do some things to kind of lighten the mood because we'd seen and already gone through so much. And that, that's even before my first tour in Iraq, you know, it's just part of the job and it was rough it was just it was just some tough going you know so right. you, just, you, you make the best of it you know? those are the like those are the dark sides of being active duty yeah. and so that's where a lot of people that haven't been in those situations don't understand where some of our dark humor or different different right. paths that we go down come from and that's part right. of it is because we see such horrible like unimaginable things that we have to do yeah. something to like cut the. Yeah. You know, it's definitely not who I am um, today. Um, I would never be that person anymore, but you know, it's, I mean, I can look back on it and chuck on me because, you know, I'm just, I can't change the past. It's part of who I am, but it helps shape who I am today. But, you know, I go forward and, you know, uh, I mean, I'm blessed today, you know, truly yeah, blessed. For sure. So eventually everyone has to, 
get out of the service and put everything they know behind. So how was how was your transition from being active duty into being back into the civilian life? Not easy at all. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, because I before I came home, I, I knew my career was over three years before it was over because I spent my last three years in the hospital. Broken neck, couldn't move my legs, you know, in a halo. Um, surgery after surgery, uh, both of my wrists are fused. Um, got shot a couple of times. Um, I was in um, some pretty bad shape. So three years in the, the hospital. Um, it was like six months in Ramstein, two and a half years at the VA hospital. Well, between the VA hospital and the Naval Hospital in Long Beach, California. Lots of surgeries. My goodness, I did 60 or so. In, in, in that three years. So when I finally got out and got home, I was one pissed off uh, individual. A lot of issues, a lot of anger issues. Thought I was better than everybody else because I wore the uniform, because I served. The general, I learned real quick that the general um, civilian didn't appreciate that at all. Um, they don't, they could give a shit less uh, who you are or what you did for them. They really could. So, you know, it's, it's been tough, but I think it's been compounded for me with uh, the psychiatric issues that I've had to endure along with the, the physical pain that I'm in daily. I've had three more surgeries here in the last two months. I've had well over 100 surgeries um, just since uh, my accident. It hadn't been easy. I'm doing better today. Um, I'd like to say I'm going to do better tomorrow than I did today, but um, it's been tough. Been spent up um but i mean it, it, the only advice i could give someone that's going to transition is just man just don't expect too much from um civilians that seek out people like us you know um, veterans that, that get it that you can talk to so so what helped me the most was joining my local american legion post and finding um you're an incredible american legion uh yeah i'm director of our riders i'm actually uh the commander of our Sons of the American Legion. I'm very active in my local American Legion post. And, 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 and the reason why I do it is because I get to talk to these guys and these guys get it. You know, it's like you got to surround yourself with people that have been there and done it. You know, not, not too terribly much because like my wife, I mean, she's civilian. You know what I mean? She's never been there. I mean, it's like her granddad was like in World War II years and years and years before she's born. That's about it. So she's never known anybody else, really. You know what I'm saying? So I've had a hard time with that because she's like, you know, look, you're not just, you're not going to play badass marine with me. And she's right. So it's like, you know, I mean, I mean, the point is, it's get along that balance. And, and the best way to do that is, is to have an even um, mix of the people you surround yourself with, civilians. But you need to seek out the, those veterans organizations that, you know, just you have a beer. You know, tell some war stories and get it off your chest, and then just go home. And tomorrow's going to be a new day. You know, right? I've said that. I've said that more than once. Like hanging out at the VFW on some of my darkest days have probably saved me from from getting too dark and twisted. Ultimately, because you don't have to explain to those guys where you're from or what you did. Like they already know. No, no. Go in there, and you can. You're not. You're not labeled. Yeah, and they they get it. You can just tell stories and laugh and have a good time and 
share dark humor and light humor and whatever, and they don't ask questions about what you did or where you've been because they already know, and you don't you don't have to explain that. Well, they might, but yeah. it's only because you were on the same boat as them or X, Y, Z. It's like, well, you were in the Marine Corps. Well, you know, where were you stationed? You know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, no. You're yeah, you got to you gotta run through the standard, like, what judged. did you do? Where are you from? Where did you serve? And mm-hmm. then sometimes you know the same people, which is always really cool. Yeah, man, you can tell them the darkest stuff you've done in combat and otherwise. Yeah. And, and there, it's okay. there, ain't nothing, there ain't no judgment. Mm-mm. Not at but all. They've, so they've been there or done that, or they have done something similar, yeah. or yeah. they understand yeah. why you did what you had to do, and that's that's incredible. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, it's um, it doesn't have to be the American Legion or the VFW, although those are two great organizations. Well, in the American Legion, kind of you don't have organization. to be the American Legion. You don't have to be a veteran of a foreign war, right? Like you do for the no, VFW. All veterans are all veterans. All veterans. Are at that. Yes. Where well, the VFW used to be, you had to at least serve one day of active duty during a declared period of war. But they just changed that. It's all veterans. Not now. Right. It's just all veterans. It's all veterans. Right. It's and, not as and every 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 VFW post is open now too because. They've had a hard time gaining membership because right. I'm on the VFW up in Grapevine, but I don't really go there because you know, the reason why I spend more time at the <clears throat> at the American Legion is because they have riders, whereas the VFW doesn't, and I like riding my motorcycle. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so you know, I think, you know, we're we're gonna do our riders groups and and uh, our charitable stuff through that. So, but but for, yeah, I haven't said that. Yeah, for our listeners that aren't familiar with what the riders program is and what Joey does. It's a, a charitable organization, correct? Where you guys pick different things that you're raising money for and you do different rides and different events to promote yeah. those, those things. Yeah. Uh, the, the, here in the, the DFW Metroplex, uh, the big one every year has been the, the, the big Texas toy run. Um, the riders get involved with that. Um, Last year, we had uh, all the bags of toys we ended up taking with us was like almost a thousand toys for individuals that we drop off. Well, and the Marine we, Corps is big on the toys for tots, right? That's actually a Marine Corps. Program. Yeah, we do them both. That's my yeah. point. <laughs> so we, yeah, so you know, it, we do them both. We have, you know, we we cook a lot of dinners at our posts, and you know, we take that money that we make, you know, the profit, and uh, we fed meals to. Patriot House over in Fort Worth, which is for homeless veterans. And man, they are, you want to talk about appreciative people, is our homeless vets. There's ways to be involved. There's ways to get around vets and just, you know, help them, talk to them. And it's, it's, it's been, it's been life changing. But, you know, I, I'm still always going to have those struggles mentally and physically. Um, but my, my activities help. They help right. a lot. So I know that you're also heavily involved in a really great project called the Red Lion Project. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we were. um, That's uh, actually a fully funded project now. Um, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's done. Um, That was a project up in Montana. Um, It was a young man that was a member of my squadron. I didn't know him. He was for me, um, Joey Logan. And uh, he was killed in Afghanistan in 2012. And so there were six trying to think six or seven that died in that helicopter crash seven maybe and so um his parents like took his um their life insurance money and their own money and uh they 
bought uh, some land on a mountain in Montana, outside of Missoula, and uh, they named it Redline Mountain, and they're building a cabin for each of the guys, you know, that died in that crash. And it's uh, to be a retreat for returning veterans from war, you know, all veterans, not just Marines. And we raised enough money to build one cabin for them. So That's we built one of six, I think. So, yeah, you that was, that was all we the did. the chance to go up there and, and help them build some of that, correct? Yeah, yeah, my wife and I did. We uh, we went up there. Um, goodness, what is this? Man, this year's been crazy with the pandemic. It was July of 2018. Yeah, that's right after our second poker run um, to get the money, the, the full money to build the cabin. And we spent a week up there helping them build one of the cabins. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. So those are the kinds of things we do that just kind of make you forget about or forget about the stress and just kind of decompress a little bit. Well, in one of our previous episodes where we interviewed a Navy uh, veteran that retired, she had said that community service and service of self is so important when you get out because your entire enlistment or your entire commission is service-based. Right. And so to get out and just stop all that is, is where a lot of us kind of go wrong. You can't. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I did, is my point. Is I mean, I got out and I was that. And I went like nuts. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. it was, you know, it took me a while to figure out what I was missing. And just, yeah, I mean, I would not recommend that to anybody just all of a sudden, you know, because you're always doing for other people who, who are never even going to give shit what you're doing for them. But you do it because that's just your character. You got to maintain your character and find something that will allow you to maintain your character. And I just mentioned uh, what it took for me. It doesn't mean that's what's going to work for everybody, but I think it worked for the vast majority of people. Like, I honestly did. Right. To just keep finding ways to give back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's charity. I, if you don't ride a motorcycle, I'll teach you. Get a bike, man. <laughs> we do all we do all kinds of good totally, stuff. Totally, I'm totally taking you up on that. I want to know how to ride a motorcycle so bad. Hey, you know what? My wife will teach you. How tall are you? Because she's real short. I'm, fi- I'm five ten. She's tall. Oh man, you're, you're my height. Yeah, she's a shorty man. She's like four eleven. But yeah, she's she like my height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She rides. She rides. Yeah. But yeah. I want to ride one. So I want to learn. Hey, have you ever driven a stick shift car? Oh yeah, I had to learn on one. Okay, let's. Kind of sort of the same thing. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But but it's two wheels. (laughs) You don't know what this does and what this does. And yeah, Yeah. but yeah, man. Amber, uh, his wife is one of the most amazing people I've ever known. Yeah, she's cool. She's oh, I love my wife. She's she's yeah. I I worked with her when I was on the railroad. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so she's she's still engineering out there, and she's this tiny little girl, and she don't put up with no shit. Yeah. Well, and now, again, she took that stupid early morning shift where she's waking up at three o'clock in the morning and going to work at four. I'm like, what are you doing to me, woman? <laughs> I don't miss that at all. Like, I miss oh, engineering change. I'm like, you have seniority. And she goes, well, you told me you wanted to either, me to either have Wednesday nights or Friday nights off. And now I got them both. I'm like, yeah, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, she, is she split right now? No, it, man, they, Herzog's got his stuff all screwed up. So it, she's Monday through Friday, 4.15 to 12.15, because they went back to a full schedule. But 
shift bids off. They just, this is the second week of it. She's going to be on this shift until February 28th. Mm-hmm. So that's four months. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, normally they do it every three months, but hey, man, it's, it's pay the bills, you know? Yeah. And she's, uh, but yeah, you know, happy wife, happy life. And mama don't like waking up early. Cheers to that. Cheers to happy life, happy wife. That's right. All right, Joey. So, We've yeah. talked a little bit about how your transition was and a little bit about how you're doing now. Sure. And so if you had some direct advice to either veterans that are getting ready to transition from military service to uh, veteran status or veterans that have been struggling for a while, what would that be? Um, check into the VA immediately in the sense that even at 0%, you know, not even having um, a rating you can get into, shoot, I forget what they call it now because they keep changing the name, but just tell them you want to go talk to a, just tell them, be honest, just tell them you want to go talk to a psychiatrist. Tell them, hey man, I'm having some trouble, I'm having some bad thoughts, so you're going to hurt yourself, well, just be honest, Either yes you are, or no you're not, but they'll, they'll get you in to see someone right away, it's not going to cost you anything, get to talking to someone that is a professional like right away if you if you are blessed with having a job immediately and having that private health care insurance go see a, a health care professional uh, you know a mental health uh, professional that's the best advice i can give because you know when you try and um medicate yourself and deal with it yourself and i failed that i mean none of us are doctors unless we're doctors i mean are you a doctor amanda no and i definitely failed myself same here so you know it's um you just there is no and just and and the most important thing is just know that there is no shame in admitting any kind of fault you you're a hero no matter what you did in in the military no matter what time you serve god bless you you're a hero and if you need help get it i mean that's that's the best advice i can give i don't you know just the VA will take care of you. It's just file a claim. Back in your local American Legion, they have a service officer. I'm our district service officer for Tarrant County, and uh, we know how to file claims for you. Let yeah, me know what. Let me, let me know where you're hurting and what's well. going on. I'll get you. I'll get your medical records. And we'll send it off and we'll get you a claim, and then you'll get some money in your pocket too, man. Yeah, I mean, you serve your country, let them serve you. Absolutely. So, so if any of our veterans wanted to contact you and yes. um, get some help from you with some of that stuff, especially you being a service officer, where can they reach you at? Um, either my email address or my phone. Um, if I don't recognize the phone number, um, obviously probably not going to answer it, but you leave a message. I'll, I'll do that. So I don't really, you want me to just give it right here? Say it. It's, like, it's know, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I just don't know how to type it. So. My, my email address is all lowercase crash cook. That's my road name. C R A S H. Get it? Helicopter crashes, motorcycle crashes. So crash cook at yahoo.com. And then my phone number is 817 891 8774. Just say you saw me on the podcast and uh, you need some help. And uh, I'll give you a call back as soon as I can. Or I, I'll return your emails pretty quickly because, you know, I'm kind of here all day long unless I'm at the doctor or uh, physical therapy for my last surgery. That's a cell phone number so they can text you too? 
Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, 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 it is. I don't know anybody that has a landmine anymore, to be honest with you. So, right. My grandma you got one. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you got one, don't you? <laughs> I look at it. She's like, well, it's voiceover IP. So, yes, they can text me. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. All right. All right, Amber, do you want to talk a little bit about what charity we're choosing to support this podcast? Sure. So similar to our previous podcast and probably for as long as uh, something comes along that changes our minds, um, we have chosen to support the Till Valhalla Project and their, um, their mission to bring about the awareness of 22 a day and 22 veterans killing themselves every day and mental health awareness for um, veterans. I'm wearing my bracelet. I have to say that. I have my bracelet on. Um, have it on. It doesn't come off, actually. But, um, yeah, Till Valhalla Project is our charity of choice. One of our sister uh, writers' chapters, uh, it's post 624 out of Mansfield. 22 Kill is one of their um, big ones. And so they do a lot of poker runs, and they give all the all the proceeds from that to the 22 Kill Project. So that's great. That, that's cool. Good thing about the 22 Kills Project as well. Yeah, they're both they're both great, great charities. Absolutely. All right. So if you would like to contact Amber or myself, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drink and Vodka, or you can email us directly at Veterans Drink and Vodka at gmail.com. Please reach out if you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. Um, you can send us an email at the email Amanda just mentioned or DM us at any of those other social media platforms. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, or Amazon. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. We need your reviews to keep us going and to keep our podcast up in the rankings so that more veterans can find us. Give us that constructive criticism and feedback too, though. Right. We are always going to continue looking at ways to to make what we're offering to veterans by veterans better. Any way we can do that. So, and you can also join us every Sunday for veterans after hours via Zoom at seven o'clock Central Standard Time. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We've had people come on and you don't have to be um, a veteran. You can be active duty. You can be a civilian. It's really a non-controlled open environment to be able to talk to other people. Exactly. We do have to put that disclaimer out there if you're a civilian coming in, because sometimes when veterans get together and hang out, it can get a little bit crazy. Get a little out of control, don't we? Just a little bit, just a little bit, but it's always a good time. So if you are curious what happens when veterans get together and start telling stories, this is the networking event for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like always, we want to wrap up the podcast with the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day and 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you're never alone. Veterans drink of vodka. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.